0: Spreaker Live Show, Episode 60 for June 8th, 2016. Well, welcome and thank you for listening. I'm Rob Greenley, Spreaker and the Adore FM Podcast Network. Uh, our topic this week is we're going to talk about podcast networks and coming podcast conferences and simple and easy Spreaker account setup process. I know that, that sounds very mechanical, but uh, we're going to kind of run through the, the typical process that a, a, a new user of Spreaker would uh, go through. And some of the decisions they need to make uh, along the path of creating an account and then creating a show. So with me on the show again is Mr. Alex XM. And welcome to the show, Alex, again. Thanks, Rob. Glad to be here as always. We always like to share powerful podcasting tips and tricks and how to produce a great show. And, and that's our goal with this podcast. We definitely want to hear from you. Uh, we stream this live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpeakerLiveShow.com. So this is a show that uh, is, is here to help you, you further your your goals as podcasters and new media creators. So that, that's our goal here. Is that uh, your goal, Alex, out there too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we've got some interesting topics to talk about, not just the um, the networks and the uh, podcasting conferences, but um, you know, maybe even the YouTube networking, Rob. There I think you go. That might be interesting because that's how I make my money.
0: YouTube can be used with podcasting. Uh, a lot of podcasters uh, have their content out in a lot of different places, and and certainly YouTube is a popular hangout for a lot of people, as we all know. Um, well, and
1: Spreaker just. Put Pushes it out to YouTube, which makes it so much easier. You don't even have to upload it.
0: Exactly. It's totally automatic uh, we also push it out to places like soundcloud and and other places too twitter and facebook so you can get your get your podcast out there distributed and out to as many places as uh, as possible the show can be heard in itunes iHeartRadio, um stitcher google play music store please leave us a review and a and a comment we definitely want to hear from you you can reach me at rob at spreaker.com and on twitter at rob greenley and that's with two e's and alex how can a listener find you I'm always at AlexExum dot com and
1: Twitter I'm at AlexExum.
0: Spreaker has a Twitter account at Spreaker and that's with an R, Spreaker, uh, on on Twitter. And then we have a website, Spreaker dot com and we have a blog too, blog dot spreaker dot com that has uh Articles and news about what's happening in the podcasting space. We we recently have a lot of um, Q and A conversations with podcast movement speakers, which uh, we're going to talk more about podcast movement uh, later on the show. And our CEO uh, Francesco gives a detailed rundown on uh, the the ups and downs of working remotely and running a company that's kind of virtual. And remote, which Spreaker is. Spreaker is based uh, out of Central Europe, um, and the, the team is scattered all over Europe. So we're a, a virtual company that uh, everyone pretty much works uh, remotely, except for a couple of, or actually three of the team members, three or four of the team members that work in a uh, shared office environment in um Bologna. So it's a company that's kind of living on the cutting edge of uh, how companies are running these days. Yeah. So Alex, have you had had some experience working in a virtual company before? Well, yeah, I do work from home now for my nine to five, but also I read that uh,
1: blog post from him and there was an additional blog post. I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Tanya. I forget, but they did one on that. And I actually commented on that when they were talking about working from home. And I really, it resonated with me. I agreed with a lot of it. There are a lot of pluses, um, you know, working remotely or working from home or a shared workspace, you know, um, and then compared to an office. So there's plus, pluses and minuses for both. And I thought that was a pretty good, uh blog post. is thoughtful.
0: Yeah. I mean, he really kind of, uh, you know, opens up and shares his, his, you know, kind of more practical struggles that, that, that he has, uh, running a company that's, uh, remote and his dealing with his emotions around that is uh it's pretty complex you know as you know yeah. we're, working from home comes with its uh challenges uh, I thought that
1: would have been a good podcast I would have liked him to have talked about it I, I'd love to uh, I'd love to hear him do a, a podcast about that
0: Well I think I mean I can certainly bring him on as a guest on this show and I can Oh you uh, should Oh yeah definitely yeah yeah he needs to talk about it a little that bit would be more be because I
1: thought that was a great post not a lot of people talk about the emotional aspect it's always yeah
0: you know the the other side but anyway yeah, yeah i got to put him on the couch you know and do a <laughs> do a little psychoanalysis on on francesco's emotional stance with working remotely here we got to get to the bottom of this i'm sure uh, he'll love it oh yeah definitely <laughs> well let's uh let's go ahead and dive into um the the topics we're going to cover this week uh podcast networks and the the coming podcast conferences that cool. uh you as a podcaster should uh you know be be aware of and And maybe at some point, pick and choose um, one of these to attend. And then we're also going to cover uh, just a quick outline of uh, the process of creating an account in Spreaker and creating a podcast and putting a show. The first thing I wanted to cover was, uh, you know, why be involved in a podcast network? Why do podcast networks even exist? I wanted to, to cover that. And I think there's some some really high level reasons that podcast networks exist and and it really gets back to um shows coming together and working together and and they can either be part of a um a a genre grouping or a topic based uh, uh network like there's networks of podcasts out there that are focused on topics relating to star trek and you know, or sports or childcare or being a mom or things like that um but there's other podcast networks that are more loosely joined together um and and have a variety of topics um the adore FM podcast network that that I run and is is a bunch of different shows it has um comedy Talk, you know, psychology, sports, all sorts of stuff. So you have kind of this uh, spectrum of what a podcast network is. But generally, they they all focus on uh, trying to uh, create revenue for them through advertising. Is the normal reason that that networks, podcast networks, ha- have existed and have started. So shows can be bundled together and sold as a group and oftentimes that's the reason why you see networks form around a common genre or a, or a niche vertical um, because it makes it easier to bundle those shows and sell them to a, a, a particular advertiser that wants to reach a demographic group that, that is compatible with that genre. So it is a little bit more challenging to, to drive advertising to a podcast network that um, has a variety of different shows in them. You're going to have to have a variety of different advertisers, and you may not be able to bundle as many of the shows together that target the same demographic. But some of the, the other benefits of being a part of a network is from a marketing and cross-promotion perspective. Uh, you can certainly uh, get some benefit and some visibility in iTunes and other places for being a part of a network of shows. There is this other spectrum. Uh, many networks um, own all the shows that are part of that network. And then other networks uh, just partner with uh, external content producers that are either already creating a podcast or are just launching a podcast, but they own all the content and they're producing it externally from the, the network itself. I've actually worked for podcast one where we had both. We had uh, shows that we produced ourselves and then we had shows that we partnered with that just we just sold advertising into. So there's there's some benefits of, of being a part of a network and and it's just uh, each show or each uh, host needs to evaluate whether or not that's something that they see a value for. There's certainly value in just remaining an independent um, podcast uh, and trying to to get some you know some advertising directly, depending on your vertical. But what we're finding is is that um, podcast ad networks like Midroll and Podcast One and and others, you know, even the Adore Podcast Network. There is some value in partnering up because um, there is expertise, there is help, and th- that can be driven to your podcast uh, based on being a part of that network. So, any comment on that, Alex? I know I, yeah. I, I kind of dominated the the conversation here. Well,
1: you have a lot more experience with that as when it comes to podcast networks, obviously. But you know, I you know I, I think it's a double edged sword for maybe someone who doesn't have many numbers and it's different for youtube we'll yeah. get to that later but so for example 5000 downloads um you know per episode i think for the average podcaster is a lot so they're probably not going to be um available yeah. or eligible rather for some of these networks right
0: yeah um, that's
1: correct right, so you know maybe in the beginning it would be Best to try and be advertiser friendly, quote unquote type thing, um, because you know maybe that would help in a sense. I don't know if that is even a consideration. Does profanity and stuff go on some of these networks?
0: Well, yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's uh, it, it's generally frowned upon in the advertising space to use profanity in your podcasts. I think a lot of a lot of advertisers will be cautious about you know advertising in shows that have a lot of profanity in them and and yeah. honestly a lot of podcasts they don't care to have advertising in them and if that's the case then there really isn't a lot of value i i think to a, a show trying to join a network cuz most of them are trying to drive revenue into those programs and if you're not trying to make revenue from your directly from your podcast if you're just using it to support you know another business a consulting business or or you're selling a, a product or you're selling a service or something like that through your podcast, then you don't need to be part of a podcast network.
1: Well, and that's what I was kind of getting at that, you know, if you tweak your show, if you're tweaking your show type of thing to get in a type of network. It might help you in the long run anyway because the same thing's going to happen to you if you – and we'll get to that later if you go to YouTube and the, you know they want – they will flag your video as it's not advertiser friendly. I've gone through this with them a thousand times yeah. just because I have a provocative title. There's no profanity in the show, no graphic images or anything, but they'll flag it. So I, what I was kind of getting at is for maybe the small – time podcaster, a network might not work for them. Now they get more exposure, but they're not going to be able to get in first of all. Uh, but for maybe someone who's smaller instead of, you know, a network, um, you know, like that, maybe a network on YouTube where they're looking for some of these smaller podcasters, we can get into that later. But I, I just, from, from your perspective, someone who's running a network type thing, um, I mean, you're just not, I'm just picking your brain and I'm speaking for you. I shouldn't, but I'm just, you're not going to, you know, some guy who just started his podcast a month ago and is, you know, getting 20, 30 listens show, you, you just, I mean, there's no point,
0: right, Rob? I mean, yeah, I would yeah. say, you know, I, I think realistically getting at least 5,000 or more downloads per episode over a period of time is kind of the, the baseline that you need to look at. Now granted, there are people in the podcasting space that, that will tell you that you can monetize through sponsorship at lower levels. If you have a vertical niche, if, if you have a really tight niche that you have a passionate fan base for that is very specific to a an advertiser that has an interest in that, right? I mean, if you're doing a show on scuba diving and you're reaching two or 3,000 listeners, you know, who knows, a, an online scuba diving, online retailer may have an interest in advertising in your show. They can more effectively reach people that are passionate about scuba diving in a more direct way. Even reaching just maybe a 1,000 or 2,000 uh, podcast listeners may be of value to a very targeted niche. But that's that's gonna have to be something that you need to develop as the podcast host. You need to reach out to that retailer and say, I have a show that, that reaches this many uh, passionate avid uh, scuba divers and if you want to get your message in front of them, I can we can do a flat rate deal to run an ad in our program for you know $500 an episode and do the deal and it might actually work out great for both of you. Even if two or three people or, or two or three listeners go over and buy something over at that retailer, that may pay for that ad uh it's just like if you do a show on um on cars Maybe you can do deal with a car manufacturer or something like that. It's just how niche it is is really the key on the flip side. If you're doing a right. show that's like comedy or has topics that are very general, you're going to need to have scale in, in order to monetize it through advertising. Right. Does that uh, make sense to you, Alex? I mean, from it, your perspective? It does.
1: And, and I think one of the things that people would get in a hard time doing, especially with the podcast, for example... It's hard to sell to the, you know, the, the local, you know, dry cleaner or the local you yeah.
0: know, oh, it's hard. dog
1: washer yeah. down the street because they're going to want to know where you're getting your numbers from. Well, half my listeners are in Canada. <laughs> I got a, a bunch over in Australia. How's that going to work? So, I mean, maybe an Internet business that would yeah, work. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you like have, to have
0: to have like an online company that has the, the marketplace of a global audience, right? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that, that has to be compatible with it for, I think, for it to make sense. It's definitely possible and it's doable out there. I know I, I had a, a radio show for many years that was talking about the web and the internet, and I, I reached out to a company called Web. dot com, uh, which they actually do a bunch of TV advertising now for hosting of websites and building, you know, uh, kind of template based web- websites for people. And I reached out to them directly and um, offered my my nationally syndicated radio show to them to run advertising in and they and we had a podcast back then too, and they they bought advertising just based on the, the fact that my show was about the web, <laughs> and nice. they're they're targeting you know selling websites, so they' it's just finding that common ground in genre and topic and audience that uh, is very targeted, and that's the power of podcasting. It's a very niche audience-driven medium. E- even though I think a lot of people are trying to create it kind of like a radio medium, it's it's even more niche than that. Right. Um, yeah. It can be anyway. I think we covered it pretty well. I think uh, sure. we, we spent a lot of time talking about podcast networks, but, but I think uh, we kind of dove into a bunch of other areas too. But um, let's cover really quick some of the hot podcasting conferences that are out there, that, that are coming up, that you as a podcaster, you you need to be aware of these. Maybe check in on them. Um, some of them do live streaming, some of them do subscription based uh, stuff. Other ones, you actually have to attend. And they will charge an entrance fee for you to go in there. And if you become a popular podcaster, you can uh, submit to be a speaker and on panels and those kind of things at these conferences. The one that's coming up next is the New Media Europe conference. Uh, it's coming up June 18th and 19th uh, over in London. And if you just go to newmediaeurope.com you can... Find out all the information on that. Spreaker is a major sponsor of that, that event, and we're going to be there. And actually, I think we've sponsored it the last couple of years. And then the next one is Podcast Movement, which is kind of big daddy of uh, podcasting conferences that's going on in Chicago. July 6th through the 8th, I'm going to be at that one in Chicago. If you just go to podcastmovement.com, I'm going to be moderating two panels and on a third panel as a just a panelist. And Spreaker is going to be, um, they're going to have a booth. And I'm going to be doing a bunch of live streaming from there. So each day I'm going to be doing, well, the first two days I'm, I'm going to be live streaming for two hours a day. And the the last day of the conference on the 8th, I'm just going to be doing an hour uh, live from there. So check uh, the, the blog.spreaker.com um, website uh, for updates on that, on the exact times that I'm going to be Actually doing that, I. Um, but that's not 100% locked in yet. So uh, check the blog. But I will be will be having guests on from uh, you know popular podcasters at the conference. So I know Alex, you have expressed a desire to to attend one of these conferences, right?
1: Yeah. Well, the one in July in Chicago, I'm going to still try and make that one. The one um, coming up in LA, I. Probably won't. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, okay. the podcast festival in LA. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I what I wished I, I would have went to was uh, Hevo. Is is that how you say it? Hyvio. Hi Hyvio. Sorry, I wish I would have went to that one. I see a lot of stuff online about that.
0: I mean, it's a live stream event, so it's basically a small group of people that get together at a like a hotel a comedy club or whatever in, in in LA, and it's like this two day long kind of like conversation up on stage with different. Um, topics different guests from the what's
1: the host name the, the guy uh, that runs mark
0: it? Uh, mark ramsey
1: mark ramsey yeah he's yeah. great he's got some great videos that i've been i think it's from that conference on youtube that i've uh, yeah. checked out so yeah and if yeah. you
0: go to just uh the website V O and that's h-i-v-i-o dot com you can what does that mean i have no idea okay. i think it's just a cool name that he came up with cool all right <laughs> I it, thought it was an acronym. For I know it must mean something, but okay. I don't see any um, letter A's in there. So, yeah, I mean, it's an audio festival conference, so I would have assumed that there would be an A in the in the letters. You know, if if it was an acronym, but right. yeah, yeah, I don't think it Who is. Knows? I I just think it's just a fun word that he was able to find as a domain name. Cool. Um, anyway, I don't know that for a fact, but that's that's what I'm assuming. So that one actually happens in LA. It just happened, so you right. can you should be able to go watch um, some of the video from it. And there, there's some really good presentations in there from leaders in the podcasting space. So it's definitely worth checking out. I don't think we mentioned the the full situation with the Los Angeles. Uh, Podcast festival, right, sorry, yeah, in 2016. That's coming up here, September 23rd through the 25th. It's at the Sofitel uh, Los Angeles Hotel in Beverly Hills. It doesn't cost a lot to go to that event. Uh, it's really more of a listener event where podcasts uh, are actually performed live um, up on stage, and and people. From LA, will actually come in and attend those and and be a part of the audience for those recordings of those podcasts. And there's some pretty popular shows that they do live there. And then there's also a uh, like a podcast conference um, component to it too, where where they actually have panels and experts coming in talking about podcasting and how to produce them and kind of the the trends. So it has a little bit of a conference attached to it, but it's kind of a minor part of the of, of the actual event. Um, but it's definitely if you live in LA, it's probably a a good event to just go check out uh, what the popular uh, some popular podcasts are, are doing with their programs and maybe meet those hosts.
1: Network. So, I'm sure other podcasters are there.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly. It's a good one to go to. And and we, we just talked about Hiveo. The the other one is the Rain Summit. Uh, if you go to Rain R A I N News dot and click on the the link at the on the top of the page called Summits. They have basically one day events where they cover um, online radio topics as well as podcasting. They've been really focusing a lot on podcasting. I've been a panelist at a couple of their events. The next one coming up is in Nashville, uh, Tuesday, September twentieth, uh, two thousand sixteen. So if you have an interest in going going to that event, it's uh, interesting, but it is a one day event. So it. it gets over with pretty quick but nashville is a pretty cool place to visit so yeah. i was just back there just a few months ago uh for another event uh, and then the, the last biggie is nab that's the national association of broadcasters and that's april 22nd through the 27th 2017 so that's the big one that's the big one in, in Las Vegas. I was down at that one, too. I was on a couple of uh, podcasting panels down there. And from what I gather, NAB is going to be putting more effort behind podcasting in this next year's conference and expo, which is a huge event. There's like 100,000 yeah. people that could go to that conference in Las Vegas. So um, it's a it's a big to-do. Have you ever been to a Anybody? No,
1: I, I'd like to go. I mean, that looks like a really fun time, um, and it's in Vegas. So yeah, I mean, that's right. <laughs> I know it's fun. Do you yeah, go to I'd Vegas go to often? The... often? I mean, you oh, go to I've been Vegas a few times. No, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge fan of Vegas. I mean, in and out for a couple of days, and I'm good. I'm not one of these people that can spend a full week there for a conference. I oh, I'd okay. probably do a weekend more thing <gasps> if I was going to do that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I wanted to also talk about. Well, what are some of the benefits of actually attending a podcasting conference. And for me, it's always been about networking with other podcasters and getting in the know of what's happening in the, the ecosystem of podcasting, you know, all the companies and meeting all the people that, that are involved in the space and some of the new people that are coming into the space too. Uh, and create some friendships, create some relationships. Uh, you never know what, when those can come in handy. You know, even if you're a podcaster and you want get, to uh, get a guest on, there, there's some very popular podcasters that are just walking around the, the, the hallways around there that you can um, walk up to and ask if they, they want to be a guest on, on your show. You might get some benefit from that and really just kind of learn some of the big trends and data, uh, what's happening in the space that can help you better kind of target your, your podcast out there and tips to create great content and you know tips around equipment and how to make money with your podcast too. So I think that there's some things that can be learned from the event, but really, honestly, most of the most of the benefit for me comes from what happens in the hallway <laughs> between the working? sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think most people that go go to these events will actually say that that's the that's the main benefit that they get out of going going to them. It's it's the people part. It's being able to see people and talk to them.
1: Right. Get everyone under the same roof. You know, can't hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you are a fan of a show or something like that, uh, chances are that host is going to be there. (laughs) Um, Lastly, I wanted to just kind of run through really quickly, and I know, Alex, you've had some experience doing this as well, but uh, the simple and easy process for setting up a Spreaker account uh, and then also show setup. And I basically have outlined about um, 10 steps you should run through to create an account on, on Spreaker. The first one is just go to Spreaker.com uh, forward slash plans is our plan website. And it basically outlines um, all all the various, um, you know, hosting plans that are a part of Spreaker. And the, the first one on there is a low $4.99 per month for 100 hours of audio storage and 40, 45 minutes of live streaming per session. And you get all your recording software for free. Um, so if you wanted to just go there and just try spreaker out too we do have a free account um, that's quite a bit more limited in its capability but at least it'll give you a chance to to try it out and see if you like it and see if it works for you all of the the, the live streaming and recording apps that spreaker makes are all free uh there, there's uh the spreaker studio for desktop software for ios android windows and mac so you don't even need to buy a recording software. You just need a microphone, a, like a USB microphone. Um, and if you want to get a mixer, uh, you, can, you can get started really, really with little expense here. And What's your thought on that, Alex?
1: Well, you can, always, you can record on your phone, and that's how I started. I mean, I use the app, and with the modern smartphones of today, I don't care if it's an uh, uh, Apple or an Android, or even a Windows Phone. They all sound amazing with the app. So that's how I started. The first, um, I, gosh, I want to say three months of the show, four months was strictly on my phone, but probably longer. So yeah, I mean, if even I wouldn't let that be a barrier. I know some people want to start a podcast, but they don't have equipment, right? That's what happened to me. And I waited and waited and waited. Then finally, I found Spreaker, downloaded the app, and it sounded decent. Yeah, and I mean I started broadcasting yeah. just with the app so. Yeah, yeah I, I mean
0: the the microphone in the iPhone is terrific sounding.
1: Well, I've heard people's I don't want to go too
0: deep in this, but I've heard
1: people who have done shows with their iPhone and it sounds better than other people who have done shows with microphones on their computer. I, I swear to God. Oh, I know. I I it's amazing. I totally you're agree like with wondering you. what they're doing. <laughs> right. Well it's But just sometimes a, it could be the setup, it might be yeah. a, you know, they don't yeah. have things, you know, hooked up correctly or the Correct. mixer or whatever. Yeah. But so, the
0: but the audio quality in the the iPhone uh for digital recordings is actually pretty it's good. It's
1: great.
0: Yeah. It's, Even the tablets. Yeah. All exactly. Them, exactly. Yeah. So there's really nothing to to stop you from doing a podcast yeah. if you want to do a podcast i mean the tools on spreaker are inexpensive and and free and i think everybody can afford four dollars and 99 cents a month so to to do a podcast <laughs> And
1: even the, for, yeah you're right and and but even the free version you pretty you have enough time because the average podcast is 30 minutes anyway right so you have that option for free and, you know, if you get to the point where you're running out of audio storage, you know, five dollars a month, that's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, so, exactly. hey, that's it. and work your way up and then go to the station plan. I mean, I have the, yeah. you know, the, the big burrito plan like I'm sure you do, but you don't need that when you're starting out. No, right? you I don't. Mean, Most no. people aren't broadcasting live 24 hours to
0: start. Yeah. So. The other thing I wanted to share, too, is that we do have a five minute video demo on how to build a show and podcast in Spreaker just go to blog.spreaker.com forward slash watch-spreaker-demo. And you can get to that, and it'll walk you through. Anna does a, does a terrific job of just kind of running through the, the process of creating an account in Spreaker and a show. So um, it's actually right there. Um, but the first thing that you have to do is create a user profile. So you have to get in there and and create create a profile Upload a small image, like a four hundred by four hundred graphic of of yourself. Your user profile is not your your show profile. That's just you as the the account holder needs to create this in the system. You know, you create your social links in there, your Twitter, Facebook via your connections. But you just need to add, you know, like a little description in there of who you are, and and just get all that page set up there. Uh, Under settings and under my profile. And then after you've done that and you've uploaded an image of yourself, um, go to create a show or podcast. So you click new show in the link in the profile area in the uh, shows tab and you you just um, add your show name the language, um, add promo art in there for, for iTunes. It's a, it's minimum 1400 by 1400 and you just, you know, select your categories that you want your, your podcast to be in. You can, um, I would recommend that you select manual on the, um, the, the RSS feed. That's the, getting that area, getting your show created, getting your, your banner up there on your, your, um, show page Getting all the, the links active in there uh, is really important. And even even putting a link um, to how people can find you on the, on the web. So if you have a website or if you want to share like a phone number, uh, you, can all, you can display that on your show page. So it's all an option for you to, to disclose that if you want to have more connection with your audience. Um, and then build all the information on your show page. I mean, there's a lot of options um, edit that that show page you know add the like I said show name description text, uh, and then uh, create a cover art image that's interesting, colorful, clearly communicates what your your show's about. It has bold text um, it has a minimum size of fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred and the banner image for the show page um, has to be 982 by 275 pixels. And it's kind of like what you have to do in Facebook, Alex. I mean, it's the same yeah. type of same thing. Concept. It's like a yeah. banner that's that's on the top part of your, your show page. So yeah. Those are the most important things. I mean, I think you want to have a real good presentation of your show. So you want to fill all that stuff out and make it look really good and really think about your show brand as well. And that's a whole other topic that actually we've covered in the past on this podcast. So you can go back and look in the archives and we kind of dig into some of the the details of some of this stuff as well. You can also go in and set up a show calendar so you can display on your website. When you're publishing your episodes, so let's say you're doing them live, you can actually schedule that and have that display. So like you do your show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, you can actually have that displayed on your show page. So people can um, can know when you're going to do your show. And then uh, you can also set up the auto-distribution accounts like uh, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and it will automatically post links to your show when you publish them live or you go live. If you have a, a show um, off of Spreaker right now, so let's say you have it in Lipson or Blueberry or what other, you know, SoundCloud or whatever, and you want to migrate over to Spreaker and have your show hosted on, on Spreaker, you can import your RSS feed uh, right via this tool as well and add all your episodes, all your metadata, and recreate your whole podcast feed right in right in Spreaker. And then once that's done, then you can also um, click a button to submit your show to iHeartRadio so you can get in there. But it's really important that you go into your RSS feed customization area and make sure that your RSS feed is properly set up with uh, artwork, description, uh, your categorization for for iTunes um, because that feed is like the, the core of the distribution of your show. So you've been through that that process Alex do you have any yeah. tips for people
1: yeah well I and I would suggest when you're first setting up probably not to you know maybe get a few shows under your belt before you apply to iHeartRadio because I think that's one of the criteria that you know you kind of have content we talked about that on a previous show Um, but I I think what's really a big deal and I I talk about this all the time is the fact that you can have it distributed to I it not only goes out to iHeartRadio if you submit and are accepted but you can have it go to YouTube which we talked about it'll go out to Twitter it'll go out to SoundCloud it'll go out to Tumblr, and I actually over not this weekend, but Memorial Day weekend, I switched my website. I was paying for a hosting provider, and I switched to a free service, Tumblr, because I wanted it to be automated because I got so sick, Rob, I'm sure you've you know had to deal with this kind of thing before i I was getting sick of doing the show, editing, wrapping it all up, all the stuff we know that goes into a podcast, right yeah and then you're done with it, you finally got it up, and then it's like, oh great, now I've got to go. And update my website and put the blurb and go, da, 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 you know, and it's just yeah. like, it's just another thing to do. So when it was going out to all these other platforms, YouTube, it would tweet out the link, all of that stuff. And it was automated. I said, well, wait. I want this for my website. I I was using Wix at the time and I got sick of having to go into Wix and put all the links and upload and, you know, it just was a pain. And so now with Tumblr, I just have it go out and it's still a work in progress, my Tumblr page, but it's looking pretty good. Go to alexxm.com, leave me a comment. But what I'm saying is I now, once I do the show, I upload it, boom, it's out. It goes out to all of my outlets. I don't have to diddle around with it because what would happen sometimes, Rob, is I would do the whole show and be excited, got it done, run out and forget to put it on my own website where I'm trying to drive the traffic, you know, so uh, two days go by and I didn't even have it on my own site. So this, it's just completely automated. Once I go to Spreaker and upload it, it just, it goes to everywhere. So that's one thing I love that I just had to mention that. Yeah. It's it's, it's such a hassle sometimes.
0: I mean, it is, and it goes to um, lots of places all all at once. And it just simplifies the the whole process um, so much. But you're right about- Uh, I don't think
1: I would be on YouTube and and getting the money that I am from AdSense if I had to physically take – as a matter of fact, I know I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have went and created a video and uploaded it to YouTube. But because Spreaker makes it so easy and puts just an image placeholder and says, here's the audio. Go ahead. And there's thousands and thousands of people doing podcasts on YouTube now. I mean that's the only distribution place for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's just a no-brainer. It's just so easy. I yeah. will go in. I will. Here's a little tip. I will go in later. On YouTube and change the thumbnail because sometimes it'll just do the generic speaker thumbnail, which is fine. But I found that if I use a more, let's say, not, not even provocative, but an image that stands out more. Um, with you know whatever the show topic is, it just it gets a lot more listens and clicks. So just a little tip.
0: Yeah, and then the iHeart Radio folks are are a little sensitive to um, having unlicensed music in your podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So so you well need YouTube to, too. Yeah. So you need to be careful that you have um, full rights to the music that you have in your show um, before you submit to iHeart because they they will deny you if you're using you know, copyrighted, um, uh, music in your podcast. So, so. And so many
1: people do it when there's so much like free or public domain music or bands. If you just email them, this is what I do. I'll just email them say, can I use your song in my podcast? They say, sure. If you get it in writing, it's, you know, it's fine, but you're not going to get that from like, you know, the Rolling Stones or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but but a lot of song- people like to play, you know, the, the top 40 music in their podcast and it's just not, you know, it's, it's, it's not
1: worth the risk.
0: It's going to get flagged by, by YouTube and iHeartRadio, frankly. Yeah. Well, YouTube will just take your money.
1: If you have an AdSense account, we'll say, oh, you can play it, but we're going to send the money to them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Pay up, buddy. And then um, once that's all set up, then you just start uploading new episodes. You just you know launch your show. I mean, I typically, with a new show, will actually do, do like a promo episode. So you'll put up one that's like maybe 30 seconds long that actually just does a little intro to what the show is and when it's going to launch. And get that all populated so you get your RSS feed ready to go. You can actually submit to iTunes with just a promo in your feed. Um, so, but there has to be at least an audio episode in in the feed before you can submit your show. And before you actually launch your first full episode, you're already in iTunes. You're already in Google Play Music Store. You're already in Stitcher, all of these other distribution platforms. So you don't waste one episode pushing it out, and you don't have any distribution. That's my recommendation on that. Yeah. <clears throat> so you can either either record an episode in the Spreaker software or you can just upload it uh, directly off of the Spreaker website. Those are the simplest ways of getting a new episode into the system, and it's pretty obvious. It's just uh, clicking on the, the the create link at the top of the, the page on the website, and then yeah. and then um, completing a uh, show episode publish. Just make sure that you've um, you're putting links out there. I mean, you can also grab our web player so. It's an embeddable web player that you can post to your blog per episode, or you can post a generic one that will always have your latest show in it. So if you wanted to grab a version of the web player that, that will always display the most recent show that you're doing, you can do that as well in the system. So it's just a uh, cut and paste. You just uh, copy it out of the Spreaker web website and paste it into your your WordPress blog or or website that you have out there. It's pretty simple and common out there, but it's it's really important to have a widget and a player on your website. What's your thought on that, Alex?
1: Yeah, I have a streaming link on my website. Um, I, I think you want to make it as, easily, as easy as possible wow. for people to listen. There's nothing more frustrating for me, and I've seen this on radio station websites, and I'll go to the website. I don't know where to click to listen to the, the flipping stream. You know what I mean? And it yeah. takes me 20 minutes. T- folks, here's a hint. S- top right top left of the page or center, somewhere on the top, because yeah. I've seen sometimes they'll embed it towards the center or the bottom left or here, click here. You got to click to another page, make it easy to listen to. And with all the embedding options with Spreaker, you can do a mini widget, which I like if you want to yeah. have it look a little more slick. Yep. Um, and I do that on my website. I think, yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to embed it
0: on your website. And then- um, make sure that you have an uh, some artwork per, per episode I know you had mentioned that uh, just just a couple minutes ago too but it's really important to go in there and add that so if you have you know like a graphic that is maybe a picture of you guys recording in your studio or um, just something in there that that offers a visual image of that episode it can also just be your your regular show podcast art that you have but I would definitely fill that. That box because it's going to look like it's half filled out if you don't have an episode artwork in your with that, yeah show. absolutely yeah. that's
1: like almost like someone like on Twitter adding you and they don't have an avatar and you're like well you're fake <laughs> like you just, yeah it's just like is this real or yeah, so, I don't know it it almost looks like the podcast isn't even finished if there's no yeah exactly thumbnail. Anyway.
0: exactly and that's that's really the whole game there uh, and the stuff that you need to think about um, with. Creating a show definitely have fun podcasting. Get out there and do it, and spread the word. Get your show feed into Google Play Music Store, into Stitcher, all the listening platforms that that are out there um, is is really key to, to your success. And then just start promoting the heck out of it is the only real real answer. And if you have any questions on that, you're certainly welcome to send me an email. Uh, rob at Spreaker.com. And uh, you, you can also send an email to our support at support at Spreaker.com if you have any questions. And the, the Spreaker team can answer your email and drive you towards, you know, an answer or a solution to some obstacle or something that you're not understanding about the the, the Spreaker platform. So
1: And they're great. The support team's great. I've dealt with them on many different occasions, especially when I first started out. And they're uh, very responsive. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. And well, Alex, thanks for for doing the show with me again this week. Thank you, sir. We definitely uh, filled out that time.
1: That was good. Good timing. You 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 blew through that last part, but I think people got it. That's good. <laughs> that was a lot That's of good. info. A lot of it, info, but it's self-explanatory when you get to the site.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I'll post this um, this kind of ten-step process to the, um, the the description area of this episode, so you'll be able to 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 look at it and kind of follow the the ten-step process. So. So you have access to that. But thank you so much for listening to the show this week. And we'll be back uh, next week with another episode of the Speaker Live Show. And, uh, and and Alex, thanks again. And you up. Talk yeah. to you soon, bud. Yeah, thank you.